military overseas. Let's give all those people a big hand. God bless you. God bless you. And we want to say a special shout out to Reggie Barton who does AV in the San Ysidro. He gets up 4.45 a.m. to go do the uh, audio visual down on our campus down there. He's all there all morning with his team. Let's give all those people at Reggie Barton down there in San Ysidro. San Ysidro. You ready to pray? Let's go. That hurt. <laughs> Does anybody in any of our campuses need a job? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Does anybody have a job to give? Find those people. Find them. Last week we had somebody need a job, and the person right next to them had a job to give, and it was right what they do. So I love when that stuff happens. Amen. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for today, and thank you for your faithfulness, and we pray you bless uh, us. We pray we can respond to what you call us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. If any of you know the Carrington family, Darren Carrington's family, I would encourage you to do two things. One, pray for them. And two, send them a note, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, text, phone call, if you know them, and tell them you love them and you support them. Amen? amen. And that you're praying for them. Very good, very good. Let's do that. Let's overwhelm them with uh, love and support. Let's see your Bibles. Let's see your Bibles. I don't know what y'all did in East County. I know what you did in San Ysidro or North County, but what happened here was really weak. It was like, wah, wah. So let's try it one more time. Take a deep breath in. Word. That's what I'm talking about. Let's turn to Esther chapter 4. Esther, Esther. Esther chapter 4. Everyone say Esther. 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 <laughs> if you are a visitor, say amen. Welcome. All y'all who are visiting. Esther. A couple months ago, my wife and I went to a pastor's retreat in Hawaii. Ooh. It's two days. We struggled over whether we should go or not. Actually, my wife does not like flying at all. So whenever I say, you want to go someplace, she says, do we have to fly? I said, we're going to Hawaii. We can't drive. <laughs> she hates flying. So anyway, we went there and we're coming back and we're sitting at the gate waiting to get on our plane. And while we were waiting to get on our plane, our plane was unloading. And we were literally, literally right next to the door where the people walked off the ramp into the terminal. And as we stood there... Uh, this guy walks out and he says, uh, we met a long time ago, I don't remember him, but his family goes to church and he's, we started talking. And in the course of that conversation, he mentioned that his son had passed away some years ago and he starts crying. And so we had time to talk and pray. And as the people were walking by right there, in the, right by the door, um, just had a, an opportunity to minister to him, encourage him. And then later found out, he told his in-laws, which told me, that ever since his son had died, which has been a while, it was one of the most meaningful ministry times to him. And that was what I would call a divine appointment or a kairos moment. Everybody say kairos moment. It's that moment in time where God says, I need you right now to do something with me. 
I want to partner with you. I'm going to do it, but I need you right now to focus on this one thing for this one moment. I want you to put everything aside. I want you to focus on it because I'm going to do something special. It's not something you do. It's something you are partnering with God in, but it's a special moment. And I want to talk about that today, and I want to encourage you as you listen to what I'm talking about, that God will prepare your heart to receive the Kairos moment he ha- moments he has for you, and that you would say, God, I'm ready. I want you to use me. I want you to anticipate Kairos moments. I want you to prepare. I want you to get your mind and your heart ready to be used and to seize that moment, not walk away, and to be sensitive. God, show it to me. Not to just go through your life, but you would have that special moment when you are very in tune to what God wants you to do. Now I want you to take out your lesson plan. I want to review what we talked about last week because what we talked about last week is going to require us to seize these Kairos moments if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. Uh, last week, if you're looking in lesson plan, last week we talked about February 8th. We're going to combine the evening services but we're also on February 8th, but we're also going to start a 21-day fast on February 8th. Now understand this, if you're new, when we say we're going to start a fast, you don't have to do it. Don't feel like, oh, man, they're going to make me not eat. We're not going to make you not eat. But we want you to consider uh, fasting with us. That means you're going to give something up. And probably what you give up is probably no good for you anyway, for the most part, because most, most of what is fed to us is bad. But it's really about sending time aside to be with God. It's really the point. So February 8th, uh, March, through March, we're going to teach you how to share your faith and your testimony. And we're coming out with an app called Gospel Central. Uh, we want you to write down three names of people who need to be saved. And you start praying for them. But it's going to require you potentially to receive a Kairos moment where you share your faith with them, maybe. Uh, Easter's in April. May, we're going to talk about healing. We're going to teach you how to pray for healing. It's not complicated. The biggest complication is believing that God will do it. There's no formula. It's just a guide. But it's going to require you, and by the way, write down three people's names who need to be healed. Okay? Shoulder, leg, cancer, blindness, whatever it is, just write it down. God can do whatever he wants to do. Matter of fact, there was a person in our church last week who their hip was healed. Their hip was um, um, hurt for a long time. And he texted me and said, oh, by the way, my hip got healed and I was kind of shaky on that healing stuff. So I was skeptical. And I, and I texted him back and said, oh, so God healed a skeptic. He says, yes. He wasn't even praying for it. it I, I pray for healing and it's just God said, yeah, I think I need to get his attention and boom, healed him. Okay. So you need to pray for just people who be, be healed. Just people you know. How many of you know someone who needs a healing in your life? Very, uh, very good that you raise your hand. Put, put the names down. I mean, at least you can have the faith to put the name down. That's step one, okay? But, but it, there may be a Kairos moment where God says, I want to use you, okay? And will it be scary? Yeah. Be exciting. Uh, September, we're going to uh, hopefully open our church in City Heights, hopefully. We want you to pray about being involved in that. And in December, Toys for Joy. Everyone say Toys for Joy. We want you to pray about being involved in Toys for Joy. Kairos moment. There are two kinds of time that I want to talk about, mostly one time, but I want to compare two kinds of time. One is chronos time, and chronos time is the duration of time, say, for your life or the duration of a trip is when you're driving. It's just the continuous expense of time. Kairos moments are those moments when you stop and something special happens. So it's like driving down the road and then you hit a stoplight or a stop sign, and so you're driving, driving, and you got to stop. 
That's that moment. At that moment in your life where your life is going and going, you're going through your birthdays, your anniversaries, whatever, your school, four years of school. But there's certain moments in those periods of time where God says this is a very pivotal, special moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? When I was, when I was in college, uh, I saw this girl st- coming down the steps to the, to the dance floor where I was at a party, coming down the steps in our cafeteria. And I told my friend, that is my wife. That was a Kairos moment. Now, it wouldn't have been a Kairos moment if I didn't marry her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It would have just been me talking trash. But I did marry her. <laughs> And so I went over to ask her to dance, and she said no, and then I had to kind of huh, work it out because my boys were watching me. That was a Kairos moment. <laughs> okay, okay. But my point is, you know, you have all these parties you go to, but that moment at that party was special. And so I want to challenge you to say, Lord, I'm ready for the Kairos moment. Kairos moments are, 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 are uh, when Jesus was going to ride it on a donkey. He told his disciples, go get the donkey. And if the owner says the donkey's mine, you tell them the Lord has need of it because my time has come. He said, preach the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God has come. The time is now. It's a Kairos moment. In the story we're going to look at, it's about a woman named Esther. Everyone say Esther. Esther was a young Jewish girl living in Persia. The king was Xerxes and the king's wife disrespected him so she, he got rid of her. So I need a wife. So they put out a call to all the young girls in his kingdom that anybody could enter this beauty contest, get tricked out, and then he would pick his wife. So this young Jewish girl was encouraged by her uncle to go, I want you to go enter the contest. You're cute, whatever they, and you, you do it. And so they spent months getting all beautified with aloes and, and creams and moisturizers and perfumes. And, and they spent months doing, tricking themselves out. And, and, you know, women got all kinds of creams ever since the beginning of time. Y'all got morning cream, and then you got late morning cream, and then you got noon cream, and then you got 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock cream, cream, and then you got nighttime cream, and then you got get up in the middle of the night cream. <laughs> and then you got lotions, and then you got take the lotion off lotion, and then you got to put the lotion on lotion, and then you got the moisturizer because you just took it off, and now just, then you got an exfoliant and all this, this stuff. It's a billion, multi-billion dollar industry, the woman cream business. And my wife is just like any other wife, woman, she's into the creams and, and stuff. And, and, and I used to walk in the bathroom. For years I'd walk into my bathroom, my wife is in like this. <laughs> and because I was an ignorant fool guy, I didn't know. I thought she was just excited that I walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, can I get an amen? It's a very logical conclusion for a bonehead brother. I walk in, I was like, hey, hey. And she's like this. True story. For years this went on. I'm like, well, man, I just, I just can't, I can't, just can't not be sec- too sexy for her. I just can't, can't help myself. <laughs> then I discovered exfoliant, moisturizer, uh, 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 all that stuff. My sister is an esthetician. My sister is one year older than me. She has the smoothest skin on the planet and she just, she, half her time is on her face. And she's always saying, drink water, drink water. You know, you need to get a, a, a scrub and you need to do this. And I'm like, whatever. So I, just kept, so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So I started doing it. And I found myself, you know, I had a, first you got to wash your face. Then you cleanse it. I said, I just cleansed it. No, you washed it. <laughs> There's a difference between washing and cleansing. Fellas, did you know that? No, it's the same thing to me, right? 
Wash and cleanse. No, it's two different things. You got to wash and then you cleanse. Then you deep cleanse with the, with the rocks and the little sand. And then, and, then, and then now that you got the dirt and the skin, now you're down to the bone. You got to put... <laughs> then you got to put... Then you got to put your skin back on. And then you got to put something on your skin so it doesn't fall off and it doesn't dry. It's a whole process, right? You go through this every day. So I, I found myself in it. And then but when you put the stuff on your face like alcohol and you got to dry it. So that's what my wife was doing all these years. And so now both of us in the bathroom at the same time doing this. <laughs> We're going to fly away. <laughs> so that's what Esther did all this. She did all this. She got into this, into the uh, moisturizer. She was origin store and got all this stuff. And for, for months she got tricked out. And then the king picked her. She became the queen. She's Jewish. Okay. So she's the queen. Now, the king had a guy named Haman, one of his right-hand men who didn't like the Jews. Make a long story short, Haman convinced the king to sign a decree by the Persian law, if you sign a decree, it cannot be unsigned, to kill all the Jews. So all the Jews find out that on a specific day they're going to die, and Esther, the beauty girl, her family tell her, we're going to die, you need to go to the king and tell the king what's going on so he don't, so, so, because he doesn't know what he signed and he, that, that your family's going to die. And Esther says, I can't do that because it's not like we spent a lot of time together. I haven't been with the king in 30 days because it's not like that up here in the big house. I, I have to be called into his presence. And if I go into his presence on my own, I could die. He has a golden scepter, a golden rod. And if he doesn't give me favor, I die. So I can't just walk up on the king and say, yo, what's up, king? What are you doing? I got to be called. And they say to Esther, Esther, if you don't go, we're going to die and your family's going to die. This was a Kairos moment. She was there for just that reason. And so we're going to learn four things about your Kairos moment. You have them, all of you. This is not some of you. All of us have them all the time. The question is, do you seize them or do you walk away from them? They're from God. These are God moments, when God shows you what he wants you to see, when he gives you a feeling he wants you to have, a passion he wants you to have, a message for you, a listening ear. He says, right now I need you to do this. And they're very, very honored moments. And sometimes they're blessings and sometimes they go through hard times, whatever it is. But it's, I need you right now. So let's really read the story. So after they tell Esther, here's what I need you to do, she says to her family in verse 11, chapter 4 of Esther, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, the king has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king's these 30 days. So her uncle says to Esther, so they told Mordecai Esther's words. Mordecai was her uncle, her relative. Mordecai told them to Esther, do not think in your heart that you will be, escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But if you and your fathers and you and your father's house will perish, yet who knows, listen to this verse, yet who knows, everybody say yet who knows. Whether you have come to the kingdom, whether you have come to the kingdom, okay, let me read it again and then we'll do it together, okay, because it's not working out right now. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So repeat it with me. I'll say it, then you say it after me. Say, yet who knows. Yet who knows. Move in. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. 
Esther, it could be that the only reason you're the queen is for this moment. Four things about Kairos moments. Number one in your notes, they're in your notes, that God has a plan for Kairos moments for all of you. Every single one of you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that you are are God's workmanship. He has created you in Christ Jesus to do good works that he has prepared in advance. Here's what's so good about that. You can't mess it up except mess it up. And what I mean by that is that if God has has prepared for you to pray for somebody and they're going to get healed, you can't mess it up as long as you pray for them. Because he's already got it worked out. It's not going to be your eloquence or your wisdom or your Bible knowledge. It's going to be your faith. Dear God, I just pray to get healed. That's it. Matter of fact, when we do the series on healing, I can't wait because some of y'all are going to be tripping. When God does stuff through you that you thought was so hard, if you read the Bible and you read the Gospels about when Jesus healed people, he would just say, be healed. You deaf, dumb spirit, you deaf, dumb spirit, come out of him. Receive your sight. It was just simple. That's all it is. Because it's not your education. It's your faith. It's God's power. So if God has a work for you or you want to share your faith with somebody or encourage somebody or give someone a ride or give someone a, 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 a lend some money or buy something for them, if God says do it, all you got to do is be obedient, he takes care of the rest. You have to know every single one of you has kairos moments all throughout your life that God has already prepared in advance. So when you see it, when you feel it, when you sense it, you say, okay, here we go. And all you have to do is your part. That's it. So when we talk about sharing our faith, and I want you to write people's names down on your piece of paper. Keep the piece of paper. Here's the people I'm praying for. God is doing stuff in their life you're not going to know about, and you can't do. It's all God. He's just going to ask you potentially in that situation to do one thing, two things. When you leave here today, God may put someone on your heart. You see going down the street in crutches, carrying a bag, and have two kids behind them. God may say, I want you to go help them. Go do it. Go buy this person a cup of coffee. Pay for their coffee, the person behind you. Carry their bags to the car. Give them a ride. Ladies, don't ever give God, a, a guy a ride alone while you're alone. Just don't do that. Don't be, don't be that Christian. <laughs> okay? And what I mean by that, let me rephrase it just so some of y'all didn't get that. You're driving down the street alone as a woman and you see a guy who needs a ride. I'm going to do a good thing. Don't do that. Call the brother a cab if you want to be generous. Don't put yourself in danger. My point is, Lord, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to help? And be ready for that moment because it's coming. Number two in your notes. Kairos moments are part of Kairos assignments. Your Kairos moment is part of your Kairos assignment. And what I mean by an assignment, look what it says in verse 14, the last sentence. Yet who knows whether the the sentence we tried to repeat. (laughs) Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. What he's saying is that, Esther, who knows that the whole reason you're the queen for this period of time is for this one moment. I went to Catholic school for eight years from First grade to eighth grade, Our Lady of Lords in Malvern, New York, and that was a Kairos assignment. 
it was a very pivotal, pivotal time in my life for me to learn about God and learn the fear of God and respect of God. I went to high school, and that was a Kairos assignment for me to learn about sin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? High school was wild. <laughs> it was one of the funnest times of my life, but it was wild. Did a lot of bad things, but I was indoctrinated in a bunch of stuff I don't do anymore. <laughs> College was a Kairos assignment. I met my wife, and I played football and got drafted. The, the San Diego Chargers was a Kairos assignment. Me being a youth pastor was a Kairos assignment. When I was a youth pastor, oh my goodness, I learned how to speak. I started going to high schools and standing in front of one, two, three thousand kids with no law, no control except God's mercy. And what I mean by that is the principal will come and say, yes, we have a great speaker today. And all the kids are going crazy, crazy, crazy. We got to get speakers from the charges, whether it meant anything or not. And I would just walk up there by myself and talk for half an hour, 40 minutes with no notes. I would just go for it. And I was just learning. And, and, and they, didn't, they didn't have to listen. They do whatever they want to do. That was a very pivotal time in my life. Leading kids to the Lord in my neighborhood. Having a Bible study in my house. For the several years I had a Bible study in my house with nine nationalities coming to my house. So all these kids, none of them went to church. I just met them on the street, invited them to my house. We had a Bible study. That was a Kairos assignment. Being the pastor of the Rock Church is a Kairos assignment which is going to end one day. I don't even like thinking about that. I was with a pastor last week in Dallas. And we're about the same age. Our church started on the same year. And he already has the date he's going to retire. I was like, don't say that. Don't say that. That me being the pastor of this church is a Kairos assignment. And then it's going to pass. And I'm going to do something else. I can't, I can't imagine ever doing something else. But that's probably what's going to happen, I would assume. But then we die and our life becomes a Kairos assignment. You are in a Kairos assignment wherever you work right now. Whatever season of your life. How many of y'all are moms of little kids? Okay, you're in a baby stage, you pushing the carriage around, going to the park with all the moms of the carriages, going to, being involved with all the moms of the carriages. Hey, I, we went through that period. That's a season. That's a Kairos assignment, a very important, muy importante assignment. When my wife and I look back at the pictures of my wife during that time when our kids were little, we had three of them little ones, my wife's hair was jacked up <laughs> for like seven years straight. For seven years, she never combed her hair. <laughs> she was just like, I don't care. Because <laughs> you take care of those kids. And now we got the kids going. Now she's all tricked out, got her new hair new. We're ready to go. But we have a grandchild, and that grandchild is now starting to crawl. Matter of fact, I just saw a video uh, between services where he, he stood up for the first time holding on, and we're like, we're in trouble. But, it's, but, it, but, but now my son is going through that, so it's good. We can have him for a little while and then give him back. So we're not in that season anymore. <laughs> we're in a different season. We're in just a two, three-hour time slot season, okay? But my point is that your job, your softball team, your, 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 your classes, the classes you go to, the people you sit next to in class, the Starbucks you go to and you see the same person, those are assignments. What are you doing with that assignment? Because in that assignment will, that will come to an end, the neighborhood you live in, your neighbors, you're only going to be with them a certain time. And are you taking advantage of those moments? 
Who knows that you have come to that neighborhood? Who knows where you have come to that school? Who knows whether you have come to that church or that job for such a time as this? There's people in your job God's going to show you. You know they're sad. You know they're sad, but you never pray for them, with them. You never encourage them. You never let them know someone's there for them. And yes, that's what you're there for. So my challenge is you say, Lord, I, I, I want to I seize the assignment. I'm ready. I can't go too many places without seeing someone from our world. Hey, Pastor Miles, hey, Pastor no, it don't matter. We, we have a game. My kids were little. They said, let's see how many people we know today. And we would count. Like I go to charge a game on the mall. They would actually count how many people say, hey, Pastor, and, and come and talk. Every one of those is a potential assignment. Because people will say, how you doing? And sometimes I'll say to people, how you doing? Oh, good, good, good. And then other times I'll say, how you doing? And I see tears. Okay. And my family knows we'll be over here. We got the routine. They know. It's ministry time. And then boom, 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 It can take five minutes. It can take 30 minutes. It don't matter. It's a, it's a moment. You have to be on call. Okay, God, I'm ready. You have a Kairos assignment. Number three is that your Kairos moments require risk or will involve, could involve risk. Everyone say risk. Risk means this is uncomfortable. Everybody say, I don't like this part. <laughs> you got to get over that. I've been a Christian for 31 years, and God still has me in situations that are uncomfortable. And I'm a risk taker. Why is that? Because he's teaching us to trust him. The Bible says the just shall walk by faith. Not the, Bible, not the just shall walk by faith in the five, first five years of their, of their walk, their whole life. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means there's something you don't know. That's the scary part. Look what she says in verse 11, chapter 4. All the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court who has not been called, he has but one law. Kill him. Except the one to whom he holds out the golden scepter, and I have not been called. In other words, you're asking me to risk my life. And go ask the king? And they say, yeah. Now, you're probably never going to have to risk your life for your faith. And you should thank God for that. However, you might have to risk a little of your pride. A little of your comfortable bubble that you've created around your life. You know that we, we, we almost have a goal of creating the comfortable bubble around us when that is not a biblical goal. The biblical, biblical goal is to, is to hold the hand of God and walk with him wherever he goes. But there's going to come times when you say, I want you to pray for that person. And you're like, hey, right now, right here, yep. I want you to go encourage that person. I don't know them. I don't, I don't like to talk to strangers. You're a grown adult. You can talk to strangers. I want you to go, I want you to go uh, uh, be generous. I don't have a lot to be generous with. That's the point. I'm going to give you way more than you have. Now, by the way, just because you are generous with your money doesn't mean you're going to get more than you have, but you're going to get more blessing. Just to, not, to, not to mislead you anyway. But God is going to say, I'm going to put you in a situation where I'm going to ask you to take, to seize this Kairos moment, and you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me. And how you're going to know you missed it is when you see it, you're like, and you're scared, you're nervous, and you walk away and you feel guilty. 
And God went, you didn't trust me. I'm not going to lead you to anything that's going to hurt you. By the way, how many of you have experienced that? Where you saw it and you're like, ah, you didn't do it. Ooh, can you imagine, can you imagine if you did it? All those hands. And my challenge you this week, just do one. Look for it. Say, God, show me. And by the way, don't get anal about, well, is this God or is it me? Am I overthinking it? You know, they, okay, they have three kids, they have five bags, and they're trying to carry everything, and it's cold outside and raining, and they don't have a, an umbrella. So I don't know, if maybe God wants them to get wet. I don't know if God wants me to. <laughs> don't be that guy. That person's way, you're way too saved. You're making it too complicated. Just go help the person. But Bible said one, and I, you know, I, today's Monday. I got the whole week, so I don't know if I, if I do one today, then I won't do it for the rest of the week. And I, you're thinking way too much. One is just like a trick to get you to do it once, and then hopefully you do it five times, okay? So it just, but I don't want you to overthink it. I just want you to say, God, lead me. And, but you're going to find yourself all day helping people. And you're going to say, wait a minute, this is cool. This is really good. And the last one, Kairos moments, are opportunities to be blessed. In Esther's case, she was going to save her life. Now, for all of you who are really saved, and when I say really saved, oversaved, it's people who are really technical about faith. You get, you get too, you know, you go to, you go to In-N-Out and you pray, do I get a double-double or a single? <laughs> if, I, if I don't get it well done, then I'm really abusing my temple. You, just get, you overthink stuff. That's oversaved, Okay. You can't tell a joke in church, okay? It's got to be real. We got to hold it. It's holy God. You know, that's oversaved what I mean. You get way, way too technical. Um, uh, so you might say, well, I don't want to do it because of selfish reasons. I want to be blessed. No, you need to want to be blessed. God wants to bless you, which means he wants you to, he wants to, uh, um, he wants you to enjoy walking with him. But sometimes we think we just have to suffer. Christianity needs to be hard. I need to sacrifice. I can't enjoy anything. I'm, I'm suffering for the Lord. That is not from God. God's going to say, come into heaven, into my glorious heaven. Okay, but I don't want to enjoy it. <laughs> Those gold streets, I don't want to walk on the gold. God said, that's, that's, that's my concrete, fool. Stand on the concrete. You ever see a little girl walking down the street holding her, hands, her dad's hand and doing that? She's being blessed, being with her dad. That's how your day should be. God says, hey, let's go over here and help this person. God says that to you. Yeah, God, let's do that. Versus, oh, I don't know, God. Because you think it's you. And you forget it's really God. Versus being able to, you know, I talk to people all the time and they'll go, you must really get irritated when people come up to you when you're trying to eat at a restaurant. Or go, da, 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 da. I go, you know what, not really. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I get to bless people and it, it feels really satisfying <laughs> when the Holy Spirit goes, doo, 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 doo. and then you see people later and they go, my life has changed and it's not me. I get to be in the middle. It's God. God wants you in the middle. And so when you, when you have this moment, you have to understand, okay, it's a little scary, but I know that it's really going to be God doing something supernatural, and I get to be a part of it. 
Esther got to, and by the way, she did talk to the king, and by the way, the people were saved. Esther got to be a part of it. And by the way, they wrote a book about her in the Bible. Where the devil was telling her, you better not do this, God was saying, and I, I, I would assume, and I'm pretty sure God didn't tell her, you're going to have a book in the Bible. And they made a holiday for it, for what she did, but she put her life on the line. Here's my challenge to you, and we're going to pray here in a minute. My challenge for you to say, I'm ready to be available for my Kairos moment. I want God to use me. Because you're going to have him. And if you look really closely, you'll have him every day. You'll have ministry every day. And the good that comes out of it is, is unlimited, but one of the things that comes out of it is you get to stay in touch with reality. I was on a ride-along with the police one time, and I was tweeting out that I was on a ride-along, and someone tweeted back, why are you on a ride-along? <laughs> Whew, how much time do you have? Pain. Pain. Going into someone's house and seeing this woman who just got beat by her husband, and the cops are arguing with the woman, and the husband and the parents of the husband, and as a pastor, I get to be there and pray for everybody. Reality. Kairos moments. Every call in the cop car was a Kairos moment. Where are we going next? Matter of fact, one of the ride-alongs, my son's a San Diego PD, one of the ride-alongs is we, he had to write a report, and it took him three hours to write the report. They spent a lot of time writing reports. That's just how it is because they have to get everything, and we're sitting in the thing. I said, brother, I want to be in the action. I don't want to sit here right, watching you write a report. He said, I got to do my job. I was like, well, give me another cop then. I want to go out with somebody else. Because <laughs> I, 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 it's wasting my time, man. <laughs> if you look and you say, God, use me, show me, God will say, when you want to start. When you want to start. And God will use you. So in a minute we're going to pray, and we're going to pray for two things. One, some of y'all, y'all need to give your life to Christ for the first time. You need to be saved, forgiven. That's your Kairos moment, January 11, 2015 at 1.04 p.m. at 30 seconds. I'm getting saved right now. This is my moment. Forget what was yesterday. Forget what happened this morning. God loves you no matter what you did. God loves you despite what you did last night. Right now, I want to give my life to Christ. Then there's some of y'all, y'all been walking with God forever, but your life, your Christian walk is like Kronos time. It's just on autopilot. It's just going, non-eventful, routine, boring. <laughs> I'll say that slow. Routine, boring. And what I mean by boring is that your whole Christian life is predictable because you got it under control. God is on the outside of a lot of that. And what I mean by that, God, you haven't given God the permission to interrupt your schedule. Those interruptions are those Kairos moments. But you've told God already, I'm not available. I'm closed. Cubierto. No, you need to be open and say, Lord, I'm open for business. Whatever you want to do for me, with me, I'm ready. So some of you all are going to pray because you're going to ask God to forgive you of your sin. And some of you are going to pray. Now, my challenge is that even if you've been saved 30 years, that today will be that Kairos moment where you say, Lord, I'm tearing up my schedule. Or schedule. Schedule is old school. I'm a troll. It's out. It's from, You're from the island. My, my people's from the island, Jamaica. Like all my grandparents are from Jamaica. My father grew up in Kingston. 
you throw it out. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> you don't understand what I have for you. You say, God, I'm throwing it out. I'm ready right now. I want to be a Kairos person. I want to live in the Kairos moments every day. I want to be sensitive. I want you to use me. I don't want to have a Kronos time life. I want to stop, 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 and I want you to use me. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much for this moment right now. January 11th. 1.07 p.m. It's the moment that you give your life to Jesus. It's the moment that you throw out the routine in your relationship with God. And you tell God you're open for business. You're available. I'm going to pray this prayer, but it's one prayer of submission and surrender. It's a prayer where you say, God, I am yours, 24-7, available. There's some of you who are going to ask, do this because you need Christ to forgive you for the first time. There's some of you who have been saved for a long time, but you're on autopilot. Your relationship with God is routine. It's something that's predictable. Walking with God got a lot of unpredictability in it. And you're saying, Lord, I have my schedule, but you can interrupt it anytime you want with that Kairos moment. And I want to challenge you if you will walk with God, especially those who have been walking with God, that you would pray that prayer and that you would stand up and you would do what you see people do here every week. That this would be your Kairos moment, the change in your life. That you would go from the routine to walking by faith in the moment, holding the Father's hand. So in the privacy of your heart, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I surrender. Cleanse me of my sin, my procrastination, my routine. I surrender to you. I receive your assignment to be on call 24-7. Thank you for your faithfulness. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand up in all of our campuses, online, our microsite, and you're standing up. By standing up, you're saying, yes, Lord, I am on call. I am open for business. I want you to use me. I want you to speak to me because I'm going to listen. I'm going to act. So on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. I don't want you to worry about anybody except God. This standing is your Kairos moment. It's a step of faith. It's an act of faith. It's a declaration of faith. So if you prayed that prayer, I just want you to stand up on the count of three. One, matter of fact, I want you to put your booties back in your seat, get your legs ready, get in a position to prepare yourself to respond. So if you pray that prayer on the count of three, I want you to stand up. One, two, three. 
stand to your feet. God bless you. Está bien, está bien. Amen. Amen. Amen.